when you have a reason and a purpose to wake up in the morning excited. It's like that first day of school, right? You're like, oh my gosh, or that first day of a new job or the first, the first day of anything. But it's just like the first day of life. Like you're waking up and how my morning starts, girl, <laughs> sets <laughs> my day. Hey, Tani. So, <laughs> so excited to have you here. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah. I have had um, the great privilege of knowing Tani for a few years now. Um, we went through the IPEC coaching program together. And that was like when I first connected with Tani. That was super amazing. And we've done a lot of work together now. Um, most notably the retreat last year, the boss lady retreat. And that was just super fun and amazing. And I just love you, Tani, so much. You and I, you know, we meet every week and I am so inspired by you all the time. You just, the amount of, I mean, I'm just going to say this straight up, like the amount of things that you get done in like a week just blows my mind. <laughs> and yeah, you're just such a powerhouse and so inspiring. I love how much you lift people up. You lift these people up um, with their businesses and it's just so amazing. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for that introduction. Yeah. And so now I think I just really would love to know, you know, if you could share with our listeners, like how you would like to be introduced. How would you like to be seen by the world? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so my first instinct is always humor. So <laughs> I'm... um First of all, thank you so much. I felt like our energies definitely connected when we met. Um, Eleanor led something in our group, and I was just entranced by her energy, by her voice. Um, and so I really, I was always drawn to you. And I feel like sometimes like energy just does that with, with the right people. So, you know, you're in the right place. Um, and the way I want the, to be introduced to the world. Wow. So like Tawny Rowan, big, big, huge lights. <laughs> um, I want, I definitely want to be an inspiration. I love motivating people. I love seeing them, um, light up when somebody believes in them. And I just think that's so important. So if that was the gift that I could give, um, I think that would be one of the best things ever. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And you do, you do all the time. I, I, I know you do um, just through how you're connecting with people and just what you're putting out there. It's just, it is so inspiring. Um, you motivate us all, all the time. Mm, you do. And um, I just wanted to maybe even start with, um, so I was telling Saturn and Jesse a little bit about how um, 
how full of amazing information and tips you have for helping people move forward um, to, through getting through like the stuff and, and, you know, being productive, getting the things done so that you're moving towards your goal. I just think you're so good at that. And you have so much advice about that. And I know one of the things that we have talked about a number of times is the morning ritual. So I was just wondering if you'd be open to sharing what you do in the morning. Absolutely. And I think that is everything. And it's funny because when you're younger, I guess you don't, well, I didn't really set a whole lot of intention on my day and things that were happening. It was just like, life's coming at you and you just, you know, you're reacting and you're doing and you're going. Um, And then as you kind of, I feel like mature a little or just are more observant of the world, you really start seeing things in a different way. And I realized, um, you know, when I first got out of college and I got into education and I was, I was teaching, um, I'm definitely a teacher at heart, even in the corporate world, even in everything else I did, I was a teacher at heart. And I just realized, um, being a lifelong learner, I think has, has really, it's just been such a blessing for me. I've been able to read and take knowledge from people that have lived, you know, amazing lives and then put it in these books for us to just absorb. And through learning and education, I just realized the more I read about motivation and self-improvement and successful people, it came back so much to the mornings. It would come back to the intention for your day, how you start your day. Um, the miracle morning changed a lot of lives, I know, but specifically, I know people that I've interviewed and talked with, like it just changes your world when you have a reason and a purpose to wake up in the morning excited. Um, it's like that first day of school, right? You're like, oh my gosh, or that first day of a new job or the first the first day of anything. Um, and it's just like the first day of life, like you're waking up and how my morning starts, girl, <laughs> sets my day. So, um, I have a wonderful habit because I did 75 hard last year. Now I had this habit before I did this, but after it, it's really stuck to me to be very intentional. But the first thing, um, always working out, like the first thing I do is hit the gym. So I really do. That sets my tone for the day, whether I can fit in my journaling and meditation and quiet time and visualization and all the things I want to do every morning. I always, that is the one thing I always do because I just feel like it gives me the energy. Um, I already accomplished something really hard. It gets those, you know, gets my body moving and I just am ready for the day. So if I have a a 7am meeting, I'll wake up at five and go hit the gym. Like that's just, that's the one thing that I really love to do now that now if my perfect morning could happen every day. Mm-hmm. I would wake up and go into my other room. I have a little meditation pillow and pad and I'll sit down and I'll um, kind of go through those, those five things. I'll do the, you know, just silent time, which is really difficult. If your mind hops around a lot, it's hard to find that, but just set my, I set my timer for 10 minutes be amazed at how fast that goes by. And you will be amazed at how much insight and ideas and new (laughs) 
it's almost overwhelming when you stop to um, just be quiet and then take some time to meditate. There's great apps for that if you want guided or whatever. And then visualization. So that would be my perfect morning every morning if I could, if I did that every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really love what you said about accomplishing something hard to start your day. It's like, right. I've never really looked at working out to start the day as that kind of victory. Like you've already done something hard. You're ready for whatever the day is going to bring to you. It's such a good, that's going to motivate me from now on. So thank you for that little nugget. I will carry that with me. I really needed that today. (laughs) And I'm curious when you sit in silence, you know, um, do you, do you, just kind of invite whatever is happening within you to make its way through in guidance or do you call in any guides? Is there any kind of practice around that that you um, utilize in your practices or your ritual? Yeah, so it, it kind of, again, goes back to your intention, right? And part of part of my intention was to just close out all the noise. Sometimes it's just, um, I feel like my brain doesn't shut down and I'm like, okay, I just want a quiet. And I know I need to think about these things. I know these things are going on. I know they're important and I have a huge to-do list, but can I just be quiet for 10 minutes? (laughs) And, um, I do sometimes my intention is that silence and you know, Lord help me. (laughs) Yeah. Bring it back. And so I always bring it back to my breath, right? You just, if you can just focus on your breathing and in those tiny moments between breaths, when it really does stop, like I, like I just savor that. And I just try to stay there. Um, and that's when I just need that peace. Right. And then other, other times, especially when I'm very excited about something and I just need, I just need quiet and to focus. And then I'll let my mind hop around and I'll just like, like clouds, like something will come and I'll be like, okay, I know I need to remember that. Let's let that drift away. Okay. Let's keep this. Like the, I'm, my goal is silence, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you're just looking um, for that. And that silent Silent time to me is a little different than a meditation because I feel like meditation can have so much intention behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're, what you're really like, okay, I have this big project or I have this thing to solve or I have this thing like, and I just need my mind to be able to like run free or um, be open to like those new ideas and thoughts. And man, when I have a problem or I'm trying to solve something and I can take time to meditate, I was telling Eleanor this last week, like it is overwhelming how much insight you will start receiving. And then all of a sudden each day you're like, solve problem, solved another problem, solved another, like what is going on? It's almost so overwhelming. I got to stop. I got to stop and just like... (laughs) Figure out, figure out what's going on real quick because it's just there's so much power behind it and I don't feel like we realize that um you hear it you hear everyone talking about oh we should be meditating every day 
But when you read about these people that like, this is a non-negotiable in my world, there's a reason for that. And it's exciting once you can, can intentionally do that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Mm -hmm. I, I often sit in contemplative meditation, which is similar to what you're talking about, where I just contemplate one specific focus in my life. And it does, it brings so much clarity and groundedness and surety in moving forward and whatever comes through. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. And I, and I think what I really appreciate here is, is you, you even um, separated that silence away from meditation, which I feel like a lot of people associate meditation only with that practice of silence, of trying to quiet the mind. Um, but there's this whole other realm of meditations that yeah. you can do that do provide that insight, that do um, uh, help you problem solve. And so thank you so much for for saying that that's the way that you're using meditation is, mm-hmm. is um, to specifically gain those insights and things that come in those moments. It's so awesome. Yeah. And it can be so powerful to kind of start in that place where we're okay with our mind making noise and then move into once we have an acceptance of the noise in our minds, it's a little easier to find a little bit more silence and quiet. But I think so many of us are kind of battling that noise that it's almost impossible for us to find silence or quiet when we sit. I know for me personally, it's not easy to find quiet. Um, I have a two-year-old, so that is a big factor. (laughs) There is no quiet girl. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I really appreciate that. And I'm also curious. So you've written, I know you've written one book. Have you written more than one book? No. mm -mm. Okay. And will you tell our listeners a little bit about your book? Sure. Sure. So, um, with my kind of career journey, I did find myself in you know, corporate role and moving up in a company and responsible for, um, you know, leading an organization and teams like that. I had a lot of people come to me asking me questions and seeking advice about things that I almost thought were kind of common sense. I really felt like, I think I thought everyone knew this stuff. You know, I thought, I thought people, especially at the level that they were, that they would be really confident in negotiating for themselves, you know, doing the next review, asking for a raise, understanding how to um, speak up and share their ideas and just do things um, that I guess I just, I just really took that for granted. And I wanted to kind of write a little confidence in a pocketbook for women getting into a job which predominantly male industries that just gave them a little bit more confidence walking in the door. It's kind of like what I wish someone would have told me when I first started. And you don't realize with through experience and over time, you gain this knowledge. And then I was at a point where I was like, I'd like to share this knowledge with someone coming in. Um, And so that's, that was kind of the premise behind why I wrote it. I also loved doing speaking engagements where I was um, talking about different topics. And I just felt like I also wanted some credibility kind of around um, 
what I was doing and I wanted to have tools that I could use. Um, and that's really what prompted me to go back and get a coaching degree um, and also, you know, write the book. Uh, so that's kind of where it came from and why I wrote it. And the name of this book is Women in Power. Unlock your power and know your worth. It's a powerful title. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. You know, a lot of A-B testing on those titles. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take us um, uh, through your journey? Um, you know, highlight some of the things along the way that uh, have formed who you are now. Sure. Um, that formed who I am now, I guess, when I was born. <laughs> well, let's just start with, um, I went to 13 schools before high school. And with moving around and meeting new people and being in new places, always being the new person, I kind of turned into somewhat of a chameleon, like, and I was very much a people pleaser for, um, you know, all the reasons a new, a new kid does those things. Um, as I got into high school, um, and college, I, uh, really made some amazing friendships that I'm really glad that, uh, we stopped down and, and we're in a place for the rest for, I've been here ever, ever since actually I've been in Houston, I've traveled the world, but I, I love Houston, Texas. So this is, that's where I'm at. Um, and so I think I got into education. That was my first, my first love was teaching. Um, I absolutely loved it. And along with that, uh, I was in the age of, you know, the computers were coming out, the things were happening. Um, and I started working with Microsoft and Intel to incorporate technology into the curriculums and I started, and I started on my master's in IT. And that's when, um, you know, I was teaching classes, teaching educators on how to, you know, they, they just love pen and paper. It was really hard to get them to use some technology <laughs> once in a while. So I was like at the beginning of that. So that was a lot of fun. And then I just fell in love with technology and I took my, um, skills as a teacher and never, and just have always loved sharing that. And technology can be a wonderful tool to make our lives much more efficient and effective. And, um, I, I just love how it worked. I was, I was always drawn to math and science and I just really liked the technology side of it. So then I, uh, started working with, you know, public companies on how to disclose their financials to the SEC, cybersecurity. I did a lot of stuff and I loved the small tech vibe, like those small innovative tech companies where, you know, people were playing ping pong ball and making the world change. And our small tech companies would grow so fast, we would get purchased by bigger companies. And the bigger companies had more of a corporate agenda, corporate feel, corporate world. And it was fun and it was educational, but I loved the small tech world. So I kept finding smaller companies that would grow to get acquired, smaller company that would grow to get acquired. So then I started my own tech company a few years ago and I'm absolutely living my dream. Wow. What's the name of your company? Uh, Success Headway. Awesome. Cool. And is that, this is the company that you offer coaching through. 
So the coaching side came when this company was first thought of and, and really um, I put I put it out there because when I wrote my book, you know, we were starting to, it was right in 2020 and I had a lot of time on my hands. I felt like I was doing a lot of, a lot of stuff. And, and I started my tech company um, while I was doing the coaching and my tech company uh, ended up just taking off. And that was one thing I really had to kind of think through was how do I want to use my coaching and help business owners with their business mindset and help them with technology and advertising and everything else we do. And my kind of fun little compromise was the boss lady retreats. Mm. So that's how I'm using the coaching side of what I do along with, I don't think it's like once your eyes are open, they can't be shut. I think once you um, learn skills, especially skills that make you better all the way around um, with helping people, that just doesn't disappear. You know, that comes out in every consultation, every meeting, every strategy session I have with a business owner. Um, But the retreats are really where I bring those coaching tools back to life. So. Hey everyone, it's Saturn. And I am so excited to invite you to join the Living Remembrance Retreat that I'm hosting April 21st through the 25th. Living Remembrance is a four-night, five-day immersion I've created for families with children under the age of six based on the teachings shared in Michelin Duclef's book, Hunt, Gather, Parent, What Ancient Cultures Can Teach Us About Raising Happy, Helpful Children. Nestled in the beautiful jungle of Nayarit, Mexico, along the Pacific Ocean, we will come together to remember what it feels like to live in tune with the laws of nature, to play as part of a community, and to hear the calling of our own hearts. Through free expression and felt safety, your children will see themselves as a part of the whole. Parents will have time to connect with one another, practice mindfulness, and loosen the reins that the pressures of society have placed on us. Do you feel the call? Do you know that there are other parents out there just like you who believe there is a better way? This is your invitation to step more fully into the life you want for your family and to reclaim the harmony and power of parenthood. To learn more, go to rebirthcare.com forward slash living remembrance. Rebirth is spelt R-E-B. E-A-R-T-H, rebirthcare.com forward slash living remembrance. See you in the jungle. So you primarily work with women and I guess I'm curious. So you primarily work with women, but do you also work with men in any coaching um, aspect of your business? So I do have... um, not to where it's a transactional. So, uh, primarily the women, the boss lady retreats are for women. Um, the men that I work with are more, uh, kind of off the record that will just call me up when there's a, you know, crisis at work or home or whatever. And, you know, talk, talk through issues and kind of get a new perspective and 
you know, some new insight there. So I do in that capacity, but not, it's not transactional where I'm, you know, charging people for services. Totally. We talk a lot about the masculine and the feminine roles in business and in life on this podcast. And well, I guess I'm curious when you have these kind of exchanges or, um, conversations with men and support them in any of their business endeavors or even familial endeavors. Do you find that there is a different approach or that you would even have, because we have male and female listeners for this podcast. And I always like to kind of just dig a little bit for, even if it's not a man that's listening, but maybe their partner's listening and they could gain something for their partner. Um, Is there any little nuggets that you have for our male listeners in terms of how they can maybe balance that, um, the, the tendency to be super organized in a business. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit, Eleanor was sharing a little bit about how you also work with your intuition and we kind of differentiate intuition and, um, organization into like the more, you know, intuition is more feminine and the organizational role is more masculine. And so I'm curious if in your work, you find a need for that balance for, well, men or women, and if there's any little nuggets that you would have for any of our male listeners in that regard. Does that make sense, what I'm asking? Um, so what I hear is, is there a different way that you would address these issues if you were speaking with a man or you're speaking with a female? Yeah. Let's okay. start yeah, I... I don't know. I guess it would depend on the setting of the conversation. So if you're talking with a professional um, executive male, let's say that is um, dealing with issues with peers or, you know, his role or the way he wants to move up the ladder and he or struggles with his children. Like, I, I don't actually know if there's a difference talking with an executive male than an executive female, because what it, the same kind of motivation is, I feel like it drives them to be successful, to, you know, ultimately have whatever it is that they're feeling like they, they want in their life. So it's more for me, it's more the line of questioning always goes back to, um, you know, how are they, how are they handling this? How is it affecting them? And ultimately, where do they want to be and making decisions based on that? Mm-hmm. You know, cause I've, I've worked with some people through, you know, three or four career change, not career changes, but different job changes and, and the issues that came along with that, the, the drive to, be at a certain level with a certain title and to get there. Um, I, I think that's similar to a female. If that's her same goal is to have, be at this certain level and to have this type of responsibility. I think what, what is different is what's holding them back. Mm-hmm. Men are, you know, they want to provide for their family, but they want this role and it may be more pride or something like that. And for female, it's the it's the concern of nurturing and what's going on with the family while she's doing this. So it's it it might be some different things like that. But 
I think ultimately the conversations are very similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in, in your business at Success Headway, I know it's it's very tech oriented. So you're really helping people set up their systems um, to really market themselves very well. And um, so I'm curious, how much do you feel like you are mostly addressing people's like tech needs um, versus addressing their like energetic needs and their mindset? Yeah, so it right now, um, how success what headway is is being marketed and in the clients that I have, it is almost a hundred percent technology and advertising. Like I made a change last year because I really, I really wanted to put, you know, business mindset and and uh, strategy coaching and things like that in um into it. And I just realized I was really spreading myself very thin. It's like I wanted to do all the things and I had to kind of pick, okay, there's one of you (laughs) and there's only so many hours in the day. So my energy actually went more into the tech side and the advertising side and that side. Um, So that's kind of where I I am right now with it. So can you describe um, a little more about your business and what you do? Do you have, so you help people come to you with their own business and then you're helping them streamline things and, and bring it to another level. Is that correct? Yes. So um, primarily around their sales and marketing uh, products. So we have a technology that allows them to just really stay consistent on that communication. It automates. So if they miss a call, a text is sent out. Hey, sorry, I missed you. Like there's a lot of automation behind what we're doing along with advertising. So anytime someone searches, you know, even, you know, for coaching, someone will go on Google and and search for a business coach, right? I I get in the tech side of it. How many people are searching for that a month? Where are they located? What is the opportunity? If 100,000 people are searching for a business coach in your area, then that's probably a good opportunity. If we can get 10% of those to go to your website and see your offer and schedule with you, then we take that data and we move it down. How many people have to hit the site for that to turn into a conversion that then turns into a sale? And we kind of track the whole life cycle of curiosity to client. Right. So I do a lot of the, you know, Google does know everything. They're listening to us right now. <laughs> if we say cat food enough times, we will get an ad for cat food when we look at our phone next time. You know, it's true. It is absolutely true. So um, what I do is I take the tech side of this and I uh, turn it into data that we can make decisions on. And then we can find out what is the best use of your budget? What is the best return on investment for you? Um, how you're marketing? And then we get super creative. New technologies coming out all the time. Um, I know I've, I've done a couple um, talks recently on just the new chat widgets that are out that are so fun, but there's so much change in technology. And that's, I think what I love about it too, is we're always, it's always changing. We're always coming up with something new and a new way to promote yourself. So not, I have a team that does all the pretty creatives that, you know, makes all the 
ads, advertising and creative pictures, I like to track the data behind that. You know, what is the engagement? How many people are viewing it? How many people like it? What does that turn into and, and how I track that down? So I like to really look at the data side of it. Um, and that's how I am able to support my my clients just making really data-driven decisions. But then also, you know, there's, there's the fun creative side of, um, you know, social media has given us everyone a platform. Like uh, we're on a podcast right now. Like anyone can do this. You can have a platform. You can put your music out. You can put your art out. You can put your humor out there um, and build your own brand. And it's just an exciting um, business to be in. So that's, uh, that's primarily what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I have this, this thing that came up for me as you were talking about that, about being data-driven, um, about following the data and how, you know, at first it's fit to me, I was like, oh, wow, that's just so efficient. And that's really saving a lot of people a lot of time. But then there was this also this part of me that came up that was wondering, like, does anybody ever, follow the data so far to like keep making these tweaks in the, um, in their business to align with like uh, what people are wanting and find themselves in a place that they actually didn't want to be in because they followed the data. Mm, that's a really interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's what drives your decisions ultimately, right? It's just like writing a book and having to decide on your book cover. So if you are working with someone, they're going to say, here's a book cover A, here's B, here's C. Do you like all of them? I like all of them. I have my favorite. But what you then do is you put it out there to the public and you do a poll because ultimately your goal is to get your message out there, right? To as many people as possible. Now, I like all three books. I know what my favorite is. But when I did the poll, a huge percentage picked my title, my picked my book cover that wasn't necessarily the one I would have like on my own been like, yeah, that's the one I want. But because I was able to get that feedback from such a great variety of people. And it was so strong. Like this was the book cover they liked. I was like, well, that's the direction I'm going to go. Now, if you use data in a way that puts you in a hole to where it's not like if my heart was set on my book cover, I wouldn't have even taken a poll. <laughs> I would have been like, this is my book cover. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. But but I feel like it, it just depends again on what your intention is. Is it to get feedback to drive you further to your goal? Or is this, you know, something you're doing because, you know, someone told you you're supposed to do it this way? Because it really, if, you know, people give me suggestions on, hey, I recommend doing this. And then I ultimately decide, okay, that's a good idea or I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I guess it kind of depends on how you take that data and what you do with the information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, I'm going to kind of um, change topics here a little bit because I'm curious. I know you have a daughter, right? Is that, and you have right. just one daughter? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. And I'm curious what your journey has been like in one, in the tech world as a woman, and has that led you to work with women and empowering them? And has your journey been one of, you know, triumph? And have you had to overcome this patriarchal system that I see often in the tech world? Um, you know, I think it is a male dominant 
industry, if I'm wrong, please correct me. But one, it's amazing to see a woman leading in this in this industry. And so I'm curious about your journey as a woman and a mother rising up in this industry, but also how that has inspired you to work with women, if at all, if that's been part of the inspiration. Yes. So um, I guess part of my journey is I... I left home at a young age and I just realized that um, ah, this is this is crazy, but independence to me was, I just, there was no other choice. Like this is what I, I was going to do and I was um, going to be successful. I worked four jobs and put myself through college. And then when I had Ella, that just... It changed my entire world. So now I am responsible for this little person. Mm-hmm. And I had then when I had her, I just had gotten my master's. So I took my TV out of my house. Like I didn't even have a TV. And that was crazy. I know. I know it's so crazy. I don't have a TV. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably one in every room in my house and outside on the pad. Like they're everywhere, right? But because I was so I was teaching, I had a newborn, I, and and she was her whole other issue. And then I had, um, and then I was going to school and it was just like, you look back and you're like, I don't know how I did it. I have no idea how I did it, but you know what? I wasn't, I did it because there was no other choice. That is what, that's what you do. And I learned to be efficient and independent on my own. And no one was going to take care of me. Like I realized um, that first marriage lasted maybe five years. And I was just, I just knew this was not for me. This is not the life. It was not a good decision. Um, And, and that just gave me the kind of the internal power to just know that I am going to be independent. Like I can do this no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think that has just, that work ethic, that drive, that there's no choice, but to continue doing things just gave me so much motivation. Um, And I have never really relied on anyone but myself to make things happen because that is just how the situation I found myself in. And that was, that drove me to, you know, a lot of success. I just, I just loved what I did. I loved where I was at and I loved success. And I just wanted to kind of spread the, (laughs) like, it's, it's possible. It's possible. No matter what you're going through, like, come on, put your big girl pants on and it is possible. Even if it's, even if it takes a while, time does not stop. That is an illusion. You cannot stop time. It is going to be next year. Next year, whether you get this new certificate or whether you read a book or whether you're not, it's still going to be here. Next year, we're going to be sitting right here. And so it's up to you to make those changes each year. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess, how old was your daughter when you started transitioning into the tech world? Oh, she was, she was little. She was like two or three. She was small. And she has just been, um, you know, she's a little independent, free thinking little person too. And she's she is. Just, she is. <laughs> oh, 
Oh yeah. And Ellen, are you, we, she came with us on the retreat that we did last year. Yes. And it was the insight from our youth is just blew, blew me. I'm her mom and it blew me away. <laughs> oh, so much. The, the, every, every now and again, there would just be this nugget, this super wise you know, thing that would just come right out of her mouth. Mm. And she would, she would be silent for so long. And then that's what she would say. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> There's some truth right there. <laughs> Yes. Well, I feel like that independence has really uh, carried you through your success. And when I think of independence, I think of so many different facets of independence and different ways that we can perceive independence. And what it sounds like to me is at a young age, you kind of stepped into that role for yourself, which I can relate to. I feel similarly, I went to a lot of different schools and I feel I identify a lot with the chameleon role. And I also moved out of my home at a pretty young age and became independent pretty early. And there is a lot of power in that. And there also is a lot of loneliness and hardship in that. And some of the ways that I learned to navigate that were to push boundaries and do things that were uncomfortable and learn through making really big, stupid mistakes that ultimately weren't in the end that stupid because they taught me a lot about myself and showed me different avenues that I could take on my journey. And I think motherhood is one of those really powerful places in life that kind of catapults you forward, especially if you're in a place in your life where maybe you're like the carrot is dangling and you're not really sure if you want to grab it or not. And you, you know, it can kind of motivate that, that step forward. And I'm curious in your journey, like, have there been any momentous kind of experiences or challenges or hardships that maybe you could share with our listeners? Because I think there is so much to be gained by listening to somebody share how they've overcome hardships in their lives. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I love, I love the, the struggle, right? Because on the other side of that struggle is so much joy. And I think that's, you know, that's sometimes why we have to go through those things. I think, um, Oh my gosh, girls, I do not want to get emotional. So oh, I feel I like... I want you to. Come on, bring it. What's <laughs> <laughs> a podcast without some tears? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get through this. But the biggest life-changing thing for me was Ella. So, mm-hmm. and um, I actually had her at 26 weeks. So... Mm-hmm. If you can imagine a 2.2 pound little tiger, um, I would, they kept me in the hospital a little bit longer, hoping they could, you know, stop the the labor, Um, but they couldn't. And she just came out kicking and screaming. And she was a little fighter from the beginning, Mm -hmm. but spending four and a half months in a NICU in a world I didn't know existed before I had her was probably the, I mean, I was there every day praying. Like there was just this tiny little thing. And the funny thing is when I look back at pictures, like she got big, she needed to be there because she was small and she had some issues. So she had heart surgery. She had eye surgery. She had these things because of the oxygen and things that were going on. But mostly she just needed time to get bigger. Like she was just so little. Um, she was a good eater from the very beginning. She's still a good eater today. And <laughs> she's just, you would never know that this child entered the world like this. If you met her today, if I didn't tell you the story, you would never know. Um, but that 
changed my whole world. Mm-hmm. So you know how that is if you're a mom. So that is when I really was like, okay, there is like, there is success is the only option for me to be able to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to, I'm going to just take a sip. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So, but I feel like there is going to be a time, like there's tough things that you go through. And even people were like, how did you get through that? Like, how were you so strong? And I didn't realize I was strong at the time because God gives you that when you need it. Right. And you don't realize, and even looking back at pictures, I did not ever see her as preemie because I just saw her as a baby and it was actually a few years later, I was looking through a picture book and I looked at a picture of her and I was like, I do not, I did not recognize her as a premature, in my eyes, she was a baby, but I never, like, it didn't click for a couple of years when I look back at a picture of how preemie she was. Mm-hmm. Like it was the weirdest the, a really weird revelation because going through it, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think made me like the super power that I, that gave me some type of superpower right there. Mm-hmm. She needed you to see her in that light and you needed to be able to see her in that way mm-hmm. and not as a tiny baby that, you know, was going to worry you because you needed that strength to give that mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious when you say success was the only option, what success means to you? Well, at the, at the time, I guess success meant, um, you know, being kind of at the top of my game, being the top person in my, at my job, doing the, doing the best I could like outperforming just when you, when you go from, you know, a teaching role (laughs) into a, into a software role in a sales and tech and tech world, um, the compensation immediately is better, right? (laughs) And what I realized in sales, um, that there is no limit to my, my, I am my only limit. The, the more I do, the more I make, the, the harder I work, the better I am. And I being able to outperform and to be good at what I did, um, to be able to provide, I mean, we were in this tiny little, what, well, I thought it was adorable, but looking back at it now, I'm like, I can't believe we live there. <laughs> but like <laughs> This adorable little, um, you know, two bedroom apartment. And, you know, then to be able to buy us a home and then to buy us another home and to just do the just to be able to provide for her the way that I wanted to, that to me was really what I was successful. Just having the, um, the means to, to do the, those type of things. Um, and again, I, I've just been always so grateful for what I had. I didn't realize when I didn't have, you know what I mean? Like I didn't realize when we were just hanging out in our little tube, that we lacked anything. Like I never, ever felt that I lacked anything. I was just so living in the moment that I was in and so happy for that. But being able to take that next step, um, being able to afford 
you know, to purchase a home on my own, being able to then purchase another, like I, we have a beautiful home and I just, I'm very um, grateful and blessed that I was able to do that. So I hate to say success is just all about the material things because there's probably a lot more ways you could define that, but that's to me and where I was, what I was defining it as. Well, and I think it's so powerful to bring up that lack mindset because like when we are in that lack mindset, it's hard to achieve success. And when we see the abundance all around us, prosperity is in our hands. And that is how we're able to, you know, attract and manifest and be in that success. And I think that is such a valuable piece of information for anybody that's listening. It's like, find your way out of that lack mindset, stay in the present moment, because that's really where it is. Find what you do have and let go of what you don't have. That's not where our focus needs to be. Like maybe in your morning routine, like think about all of the blessings you have in your life. Think about all of the the beautiful, um, um, like, you know, give gratitude for that adorable, beautiful two bedroom apartment that you have, you know, and really from that place of gratitude, it always comes back to breath, presence and gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, and those are really the, the three most important things I think in my life right now that keep me grounded and also lift me up and carry me through challenges and bring me to, you know, whatever version of success I'm looking for on any given day. So I'm really grateful that you brought that up because I think so many of us in in the place that we're in in society right now and in the world as we've made our way out of this pandemic state of being and we're kind of coming back to community, we're kind of coming back to connection and out of this place of isolation, there's so much that we can find lack in, you know, there's so many places in our lives where we can see where that lack is present if we're looking for it. But it's about turning that switch off and not looking for where or what we're lacking and finding that, you know, abundance and prosperity in every aspect of our lives. And it really only can happen in the present moment. And I actually pulled a card this morning in my morning practice that was just that. It was like, light a candle and watch it flicker. And in that experience, you are in this moment. And I think sometimes it can just be so hard to even know what this moment feels like or looks like because we're so busy in our minds. You know, our to-do list, like you were saying earlier, with all of the things that are going on around us at every moment. And I can only imagine what that's like for you as, you know, the owner of this tech company and just like all of the things that you have going on. It sounds like it's a gazillion things. And that is kind of one other question that I'd like to ask you about. But before I do, I'm just going to complete this thought. Just how how do we find the present moment and how, you know, how do we identify that? And for me personally, it's really about just kind of, you know, you can watch the flicker of a candle and that's a really beautiful way to just kind of drop into this present moment in our mind maybe. But for me, a lot of it, a lot of, uh, it helps me a lot to come into the sensations in my body. So to feel, you know, my, the seat beneath me, and what that feels like underneath my body, or to feel my breath, one breath at a time. Um, 
And I guess, you know, like what we were talking about earlier, these these moments of stillness, these moments of quiet, these moments of contemplation, even if our mind is going a million miles a minute, there's just this like this intention of dropping into the present moment and all of those all of those different practices that we've kind of talked about. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what my question was that I wanted to ask you about uh, your role, but I think. I guess one question I do have for you is as a busy, busy human on this planet, it sounds like you have a lot going on. If there was one word of advice that you have for our listeners in terms of structuring their day or like trying to accomplish a lot of tasks or get at that to-do list, what would be your number one word of advice for anyone that's listening? Because I know we all have a mile long to-do list to get at. Yes. Um, that is a, that's a really good question for me. Um, for me, I'm a list maker. That's what I love to cross things off a list. (laughs) So, um, and how you prioritize those things, um, with what's really important, I think, um, You know, I wanted to say like time management and I wanted to say like the the more effective you become, the more things you can get done. But I, I mean, it really is an illusion. You you only have so many hours in the day and how you spend those hours and seconds and minutes. Um, it really does. It really does matter because we are we are a mist, right? We're here today and we are gone tomorrow and how we spend each day. Um, and what you focus on, as long as you are making steps to get to your goal each day, even if they are the smallest steps, as long as you are making those steps, you are accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. So I think that just knowing, and, and, and it kind of depends on, you know, what kind of goals you're trying to achieve. Um, I feel like the the time of year at the beginning of the year is such a motivating time of the year for newness and new goals and new ideas and um motivation is very strong but motivation is so fleeting mm, yeah i i don't you don't feel you're never going to feel like eating healthy and you're never going to feel like working out you're never going to feel like reading like these are not i occasionally you get lucky and you do feel like doing these things mm-hmm. but for the most part Um, you're doing them because discipline is so important. And if you can discipline yourself to do the things that you know you need to get done each day, even the little things to get to your goal, you are setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and time management. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Woo! If that is not important. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Just the amount of time we spend drinking our cup of coffee in the morning and what we can accomplish in that time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Though enjoyment Mm -hmm. is important also. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. There's something that I I, I wanted to address around that, around time management. And it's something that you said even earlier, just around the fact that you, you said that you, you geared your business towards, towards tech and you really focused in on that because you recognized that, that you couldn't do all of the things. Mm-hmm. And in our culture, um, there's all this talk about how we can, 
hack our lives so that we can do more and slam more and more and more into our schedules so that we can be the most productive people. And, and let's all talk about how busy we are and let, let how busy we are um, kind of uh, dictate how worthy we are. Um, and so I guess I'm just curious to know like how it is that you um, find what it is that you focus on what is important to you? Like, how do you go about um, whittling that down so that you aren't taking on all of the things? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great question too. I I finally got to the point where um, I don't want to take on more things. <laughs> I thought I I feel like I did because Ella left this year for college and. Um, I had a little bit of an identity crisis there for a second. And I was like, I'm just going to keep myself as busy as possible, that I am just not going to have time to wallow in, <laughs> in you know, uh, my feelings. And like, you know, I gave, I, I give myself time. Don't get me wrong. But then there's a time that it's going to stop, like get it together. And I just was like the yes person. You want to do this? Yes. You want to run the show? Yes. You want to do this? Yes. So. Um, now I'm, now I'm realizing that was probably not, not the smartest. So now I'm like, okay, now I'm going to, uh, sit back and, and not take on new things and enjoy what I'm doing. And I think that for me, again, I have my high priorities. These are the non-negotiables. This is what I'm going to do today. These are the things that have deadlines. These are the things that are important. Um, and I'm going to get those done. And if I get these done, that is a good day. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I don't get everything done, but I get some of them done, then then that is still a good day. But it is all for me about prioritizing. Um, because unfortunately, the little things that we know we're supposed to do are the easiest things not to do. Yes. You know, so um, it's all about your intention. And what I realized when I was doing the 75 hard, one, you have to do five things every day. And one of those things was reading 10 pages of a book every day. Well, naturally, I love reading. Like that's not a hard thing for me to do. But when I was intentional, I did not miss a day. Like I read 10 pages, no matter what, if I had to do it right before bed, those pages got read. Now that it, that's over and that is not my main focus, I, I would love it to still be in my life, but it's very easy not to do now because it's not on my priority list, Right. So I think it's really what we set intention to do and, mm -hmm. and how we are going to spend our time because you would be so surprised if you tracked every second of your day, how much time you're wasting. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are binging Netflix, if you are, you know, and I'm guilty, it's not, it's not that I have not done that. I'm just saying that we can substitute good habits for bad habits um, but it's very easy. It's just as easy not to do them. It's, you know, drinking a gallon of water a day is what we should all be doing. If you're intentional about it, you will get it done. If you are not, it will not, it won't happen. You know, so it's really, what are we going to set our intentions to do? Yeah. So as a coach, how can you, how do you help people with the, with being more intentional? Because you know, it sounds like you have this innate drive and innate discipline 
um, that has carried you to where you are today, but that, that isn't for all of us. So not all of us have that. Um, and, and so how do you help those that, you know, want to get to a certain point, um, but perhaps, you know, lack motivation, lack, um, the inner flame to get them to these steps, because often those, those are the barriers. And I'm sure that's what you see, um, with the clients that you're working with. There's so much to unpack there because first, like, why, why are we having, you know, the motivation issues? And again, motivation is so fleeting. That's not you can be motivated one second for 18 seconds and then you're done and then it's gone. And then you're back. You know, it's, it's impossible to stay motivated for a long period of time. So it's really, it kind of comes in ebbs and flows. So my question would be more like, why are we having the issue? And then why, what is your, you know, what is your ultimate goal and why is that important to you? What value is that driving within you? How can you align that core value with your what you're trying to accomplish? Because if there's any resistance there, no matter how bad you want to do something, you're not you're not going to be you're not going to do it if it's not aligned or if something is really in your way that you haven't you know, realize, or, you know, you find a new perspective around. So there's so many questions there to really dig into what's going on. Um, and then there are a lot of tools that can help with, um, you know, with kind of keeping you being your own little taskmaster, you know, like what, what you can do to, you know, check this off and get to the next one. And, and then, you know, tracking, I feel like, you, we have to track stuff. I know I track Tate all the time, but if you track um, how you're feeling and what you're doing on a daily basis, you're going to see trends. You know, you're going to see like things that are happening. Um, and those days where you do accomplish, it's like your perfect day, right? You you get your stuff done. You've done it. You feel good about it. You got your exercise. You got your like it's good. You got a big happy face at the end of that day. What, what made that happy? Like you got up on time, you know, you, you went to bed on time. You, you did, you ate the right thing. You just feel good. Your body's happy with you. Um, and then the days that you don't, like when you see that you're like, man, my body is going to be mad at me tomorrow. Like this is going to be tough to wake up. It's going to, you know, and you start seeing those trends. Um, so girl, there are so many tools, so many questions around that. That's a, that's a loaded question. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great though. I, I feel like it gave, um, our listeners, um, a, a, like a lens into what a session with you would be like, of like unpacking where the resi- resistances are and where you're getting in your own way from reaching your goals. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what I was I was looking for is that it's not it's not so simple that we we do this these things each day, check off the boxes and that we will get to our goal, that there's a lot of um, learning about ourselves and, and our patterns and what might be holding us back and how we um, behave in a day or a week that um, is adding to where we're at um, and 
you know, maybe preventing us from where we want to be. And yeah, but yeah. it's it's not so it's not so linear. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And and what I'll say to that also is just that a lot of times we are being fed this idea that if you just incorporate the system or if you just incorporate like these these steps, that it's all going to like it's all going to magically happen if you just do those things. And then what is like really truly happening is that you are a person that has all the stuff that you have, all your experiences and everything that has built your personality and your mindset. So you're coming at these things with your perspective, with your lens. Mm-hmm. And that is changing how you are implementing the system or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can actually be the where the hang up is mm-hmm. is is you know the perspective that we're coming at things from um but people can feel like oh well then that system just wasn't for me and they can just be on this constant seeking of the new thing the new system that is going to make that happen when really it has to do with like what's going on inside and like what lens that they're coming from mm-hmm. Yeah, something that I really took from that was also finding your why. I think mm-hmm. that that is just so important because if you don't identify why you want to do something, then there's no reason to do it. And it, and then, you know, there's even more lack of motivation there. And it's really like that. I do that a lot in my work with, with birthing women is like, if you're choosing to have a home birth, why are you choosing to stay home and have your baby? Because if you are not clear why you want to do that, you're going to come through hardships. You're going to come through intense experiences that are going to make you question every decision you've made. And you're going to have to remember why you are making this decision. And that is what can carry you through those challenges. And I really appreciate that reminder that, you know, like, remember why you're doing this and really create clarity around why you're doing something or trying to accomplish something. So yeah, really all of that, all of that is gold. Yeah. 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 And then if, um, if I could just ask one more question, I, um, also wanted to like, um, hear from you, um, what it's like to been, to have gotten help because, you know, as, as coaches, we, we kind of know like the value of coaches, of having coaches. Um, and so I'm just like curious to hear from you what, other coaches for you have been like accountability, like you and I are accountability partners. I know you're going through another thing um, right now that is helping hold you accountable. Um, so what is it like for you to, to have that kind of support so that you don't feel like you're doing it all alone? Oh, that is, that is huge. And that's, that is something that I really until you experience it, it's just like parenthood. <laughs> people don't kids, people that don't have kids, they do not know yet, but they will. And once you do, it's just, it's something you experience and then you understand. And so I feel like we have the benefit also of not only working with coaches, but le- having the tools and going through school and understanding um, some of the energy that goes behind it. It is almost um, like a necessity because, again, we get so wrapped up in 
in, um, you know, being that helper and being that friend and being that wife and, and being that, that person sometimes that conversation today doesn't always allow for you to focus on yourself or focus on your goal or your issue. Um, and, and what coaches, the coaches that I, that I've worked with, they just allow you to to have that time. It's like almost you're so selfish because you, it's all about you. <laughs> they we're not even allowed to get in the box with you. It is all about you. You can talk about um the issues, you can talk about the things you want to do, you can work through things with somebody that actually has your best interest and your um that unbiased uh view, but just is like your biggest cheerleader. And so it's really a nice relationship to have. And then the accountability behind it, that is what's the game changer. Um, because we can talk and talk all day, but if you, you're like, I'm going to do this and then you're going to, oh, you're going to do that. Okay. Well then do it. And then when I talk to you again, it better be done. Like you're going to get this done. You're going to do this thing. And it just gives you that motivation and drive. So I have found it very beneficial. Um, and unfortunately, it's kind of one of those luxury things that people think, oh, I can't either afford it or I, you know, don't connect with someone. Um, everyone, I think, benefits from the experience of having some, having a cheerleader, someone on their team, um, somebody that can, you know, be hard when they need it to be hard and be soft when they need it to be soft. So I think that that's a very important thing. And I think that if you haven't found a coach that you like, or you haven't experienced someone uh, to help get you to the next level, it's something that I would highly recommend you seek out and you just have some conversations. And you, and most coaches do a, a consult because they don't, they they want it to work just as much as you do. <laughs> and you mm -hmm. want to consult, you want to know that you're on the same page. And then, um, and I always recommend go consult with three different people. And and out of those three, somebody will probably resonate more with you and you'll have a really great experience through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also about investing in yourself. Yeah. That is the best investment you can make. Like yeah. they're hands down. No one can take it away from you. You, anytime that's the question is, should I invest in myself? My answer is always yes, absolutely. Should I invest in this stock? I don't know, but <laughs> invest in yourself, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Can you guys describe what your weekly accountability um, check-in is like? Oh yeah, yeah. Tony, do you want to describe that? Well, they have evolved over time. Um, <laughs> Because unfortunately, when you're when you're friends with someone, it can get off course very easy. <laughs> guilty, you, so guilty. And you can also um, give a little bit more leniency than than maybe you should, right? For holding someone accountable. But um, what I have learned through um, working with Eleanor and then also working with a an accountability person um, is that when you 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 just start off with that long-term goal. You know, you you if we were sitting together next year right now, what would you want to have changed? What would you want to have accomplished? And you and you break that down into okay, if that's where you want to be next year, this is your goal. 
in six months, you should be halfway there, right? In six months, you better have done these things to be halfway there. And then in one month, in two months, in three months, in one week, what can we do to get you there? And then be very, very specific on what those goals are and what time you are going to accomplish them that week. And, and they don't have to be big drastic. It could be, I'm going to research this new topic that I want to incorporate into another, you know, course or technology. It could be very easy, but they are steps you are taking each week. And then it's, um, it's making sure you're accountable and everything you do. And these are, these are the top tier things. These are not, I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to the these are the top because things things you naturally do every day or already plan on doing. You cannot put them on your to on your big priority list because you're going to already do those things. Mm -hmm. So these are the top things, the hard things, the things, you know, you need to get done. And then the accountability each week. How did it go? What did you accomplish? And what are we going to do next week? Mm, love that mm, yeah. I also love the highlighting of how because I was thinking earlier when you were talking like well some of us could just find a friend to do that with and it's true you know it's a lot easier to be lenient with one another and to get sidetracked and and I'm really glad you highlighted that because it was a thought in my mind and mm-hmm. I think it's important to speak to yeah yeah. well we ask every one of our listeners well we try or what we ask every one of our guests um, to close our conversation, what it is that you are celebrating right now? Ooh, I'm Ooh. celebrating so much stuff. <laughs> I, I am a big proponent of celebrating even small wins. I celebrate all the wins. Um, as a new, you know, relatively new business in the market, I celebrate um, wins with... Uh, you know, closing contracts and getting things done. But I uh, came up with a new concept. Well, I don't think anything's new anymore. But I came up with a new uh, program that I launched that's getting amazing feedback. So I am celebrating the wins of just, you know, doing something new that I haven't seen before. So that is very exciting. Um, And I'm celebrating... You know, I kind of put out there that I, you know, I I kind of put some intentional things out there. And over the last few days, my phone has rang and asked me to be a part of um, and lead certain certain programs that I was very excited about. So I just feel like I'm like, man, I'm I'm super happy right now. And so I'm just celebrating the um, the new year and the new goals. Mm, amazing that and congratulations on your new endeavor yeah and we'd love for you to tell our listeners where they can find you and do you have a podcast if you'd like to share about that oh yeah so uh, you can find me at success headway and just put it in you'll find it (laughs) on all the on all the things (laughs) if you do um yeah, if you do want to talk about your uh, business or or how to strategize on how to market your business, the first button on my website is my calendar. Feel free to schedule something. Um, and what was the next, what was the other thing you just asked me where to find me and then what? Podcast, your podcast. Oh, the podcast. Yeah, so um, my podcast is called Books, Beauty, and Business. 
That is um, exactly what we talk about. We have CEOs and business owners from all over the world sharing their success stories, their book recommendations, their beauty secrets. And um, it's just a really fun, quick, uh, quick podcast. I, I started that a few years ago and just had a lot of fun doing it. Eleanor was uh, our guest, mm-hmm. um, I think, a few months ago maybe last month, <laughs> time flies. Yeah. Um, so it is It is a lot of fun. So if you guys are interested, you can find that on your, your iTunes, your podcast players of whatever you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been such a great treat to meet you and to talk with you, Tani. I feel like I just am going to embody some of your energy as I tackle my to-do lists from here on out. And I really appreciate all of your shares. And yeah, it's just been a real gift to... to any, any friend of Eleanor's is, is obviously a friend of mine and it's really nice to meet you and to talk with you today. Yes, thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Teaching Your Ways podcast with Eleanor, Jesse, and Saturn. This is a labor of love. Wow, what a privilege it is to have you all here on this journey with us, listening and taking your time to join us on this journey we are on. Um, We get to hear fabulous stories from amazing people and your participation, your um, commitment to being here and taking the time out of your day to listen means the world to us. Mm, Yeah. And we would so appreciate if you would take the time to rate us, to give us some stars on Spotify or leave a comment or follow and subscribe to share this podcast with loved ones because we all know with every single time this podcast is shared, it reaches a few more people and that means the world to us. And we just wanna thank you again for your time, for your feedback, for your inspiration and for sitting in a circle with us. This podcast is a living practice, and we are so grateful to have you on this ride with us. Many blessings. <laughs>